special guest uh, I'm not going to reveal her name but let me start sharing some of these links so the people can join in so the show that we're going to be talking about today is a touchy subject, a very sensitive subject to a lot of different people. Um, we are going to be talking about divorce. I see Queen Bee has joined us. It's something that uh, affects a lot of us, if not directly, indirectly. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research on it, and it's really tough subject to talk about and to bring up because I'm distracted y'all I got let me turn off something but you know what I'm gonna do y'all like I usually do when I write in my journal hey what's cracking queen bee um whenever I write in my journal early in the morning I wake up pull me a little tea whatever go for a long walk and I come back and I try to write before the sun comes up but every day in my journal, I pick the theme song of whatever's playing in the background. And right now, I'm listening to this young cat called Doggy Style. And he's kind of like a mix between Nipsey Hussle and Snoop Dogg. Real, real, he's a real cool little guy. That's what I'm going to be having in the background while I chop it up with you guys. Um, divorce. I don't really want to get into to all the statistics and I did all this research about it but I realized that this particular topic needs personal touch it needs people to call in and share their feedback about the things that they've witnessed either amongst their friends family and loved ones when it comes to this topic what I've realized that in in the research that I've done the people that it affects the most is the children and that's by a large uh, just a a pretty big wide margin and I've noticed one of two things number one um, you know regardless of how the situation is approached by the parents if it's amicably or if it is with a heavy hand it has a negative effect on the children it does not have a null effect it does not have a positive effect. Generally speaking, it has a negative effect on the children. And I've seen this with some of my friends. I won't say their names, but because they've witnessed the, the crumbling, the of just witnessing that union break apart, that fairy tale is over, it changes the way they perceive relationships usually when people 
when people um, view their parents and they see how the relationship went well or didn't go, they do one of two things. They either emulate it and follow it to a T, which is usually what happens all the time. Because if you notice, whether you know it or not, a lot of times how your parents act towards things, let me lean back and just chill, how your parents react to things and how they do things, that starts to become your default setting whether you know it or not. But another option, this is really comfortable. I'm thinking about popping open my garage and I just might do it, let a little sunlight in while I talk to you guys. You know what? Fuck it. Um, y'all wait for a second? Well, you ain't got no choice. Oh man, that feels much better. I had washed my hair earlier, got a little twist. But um man, feeling magnificent. The only thing that doesn't make me feel magnificent is having to go to work on Tuesday, but we're not talking about that. It's all about V. What's cracking, baby? Um glad to have you on the show. We're still talking about divorce, but and how it affects the children. Like I said, the kids go one of two ways. Woman, if Queen B, if you don't go and call in, get this thing cracking. Um, kids go one of two ways when they witness their parents to divorce. And both, uh, there we go. What's cracking, Queen B? Hey, hey, hey what's hey, up? What's the deal, man? So, <laughs> We talked about this subject. What we're talking about right now is divorce. And what I was saying is how it affects the kids and how it does not have a positive effect and it doesn't have a null effect. I don't know the percentages, but I would say that it has a negative effect, period. Um, Because what happens with a lot of people that I see now, obviously, I can't speak for everybody, but with the friends that I've had that gone through divorce, they fall into one of two realms of thinking, and both of them don't seem to be really healthy. On one side, they replicate the actions of their parents, where they mm-hmm. get into um, serial monogamy. You know, they get into one relation. I don't think that's the right word. What's the right word? Where you're a serial, is it a serial monogamous? Well, you get into relationship after relationship after relationship. To a serial dater? A serial dater, yeah. To where you almost like negate it doesn't you don't really feel the same way about a marriage by the time you get it and you end up having like multiple marriages or you get onto the this polar opposite effect to where you um you accept so much abuse in a relationship because you don't mm-hmm. want your family unit to dissolve and I've seen this with both men and women and it's really sad watching somebody trying to hold on to something in the present because of some pain that they felt in the past that they don't want their kids to replicate and it's a noble thing to do but it's also sad to see from the outside looking in because you know what the end result of that relationship is going to be so what's your take on divorce and how it affects children so um, and we've had this conversation 
um, just to expound on it, I definitely think that it has some kind of negative effect on kids, period, like mm-hmm. any which way you look at it. Um, now, what the negative effect is, I don't know, like all the stats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, speaking on my own situation, mm-hmm. can we get into that? Yeah, we... yeah you, do, you can get one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, my parents aren't divorced. <laughs> They're just separated, right. you know. And to me, they live... They live in two different households. So to me, that's divorced. Right. You know what I mean? But just not the technical technicality of it all. Right. Um, and that happened to me at a later, when I was much older, mm-hmm. you know. I was still young, young enough not to understand some things, but old enough to understand some things. And things have been put into perspective mm-hmm. after hearing it for so many years as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I think that that it definitely put me in this negative space. Mm -hmm. I was one of those that prided my parents staying together because all my friends, they all were part of broken homes. And I mean, it didn't bother me. Those were just the friends that I, the people I made friends with, you know, and those situations didn't bother me. But until it happened to me, I never really knew the implications of how it affected my friends. I didn't think it affected them because they were, I mean, we were kids, we were having a good time. We were doing what kids did, you know, but now later on in life, it's like, okay, well, where are those friends? Are they married? Do they have kids? How many kids do they have? Do they have kids with multiple partners? Mm. Are they are they gay? Are they straight? You know, stuff yeah. like that. And it's really and, interesting that you say mm-hmm. that because from a st- and I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you still talking? No, you're, you're fine. You're um, fine. From a statistical standpoint, if you look at three different types of relationships, one where both of the where the man and the woman come from a background of um the mom, they're both their parents staying together. You got another couple where maybe the man comes from a divorce household and the woman comes from the intact household. And then you have another one where mm-hmm. both of them come from broken homes. It's quite obvious that the, the one that both the parties come from broken homes has a higher statistical chance of becoming divorced. Now, is mm-hmm. it because they normalize the behavior? I don't know. Is it because... You know, I don't know what the reason is because I, I don't have that background. But right. now that you, you touched on a lot of good points, because now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't think about how it affected them when I was a kid because that was kind of adult business. And you didn't even think about your fa- your friends, right. adult mm-hmm. relationships. But it's not until you step back and then watch how their relationships played out over the years, mm-hmm. you realize it had a a negative effect and it, it was I won't say it was a direct cause but it was a big enough cause to where it didn't help them in the world of dating and marriage right now how it's affected me as far as dating mm, who knows <laughs> I still don't know what do you think you know? maybe make you pick pick different partners maybe better or worse 
I mean, I would like to say that it's worse just because, well, let me not say that. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the past, yes, mm -hmm. um, I would move towards a certain type because I didn't receive the type of encouragement or conversation that I felt like I should have received from my dad. Right. As, you know, somebody who's coming up with going, starting to date and starting to experience, you know, a guy turning into an, a, a grown man, mm -hmm. you know, never got those types of conversations. What am I supposed to do, right. you know, if this happens or what am I not supposed to do? So, yeah, I think that definitely had some negative effect as to how I dated men in the past. Now I'm a little more cautious because I've gotten the advices of friends and experiences and friends on both guys and women. Right. Um, and, you know, older strangers, mm -hmm. older people that I've come in contact with. Um, so I think that has kind of influenced now what I'm looking forward to in the future, you know. And man, you know, um, had a, a really interesting thought. You know, in anything mm -hmm. that you want to become a master at, you need a mentor. You for need sure. somebody to for sure. walk you through those ups and downs, the you know, um, how to navigate things. And not only do you need somebody that's a mentor, there's no better experience than, than watching somebody handle a day to day to day because in a relationship and in a marriage that's the hardest part mm -hmm. i would say that by a pretty wide margin how i handle things as a man as, as a husband not all things but a majority of things was a direct model of my dad if you mm -hmm. to take him out the picture and then my model was simply different men that came in and out of the household, I don't know what type of husband I would have ended up being or what type of mate that I would have chose because, you know, generally you want to pick a woman that's like your mother if she's healing. Correct. Her and if, as a mm -hmm. woman, you'd want to pick a man that's like your father. Well, if the father's removed, mm -hmm. what type of man do you pick? Because you don't exactly you don't have that um, that foundation to pick from. Yep, and it's crazy because last night I was talking to one of my friends, and we were talking about like hopeless romantics mm -hmm. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you know, I feel like I'm a hopeless romantic. Yeah. Um, now I can definitely say that it's the type of man that I want to be with mm -hmm. and essentially spend the rest of my life with is nothing like my dad as when it comes to how he was at home i mean he was there but when it came to the little stuff that children need i need you to show up when i'm when i need to be disciplined mm -hmm. because maybe there's a reason why i'm acting out i need you to be there when you know when i do well mm -hmm. when i move from a certain grade when i move up when I get a, a, a some sort of promotion, something, mm -hmm. you know, um, I need you to be there because you were, 
quote unquote there when I was doing those things. So I need you to encourage me. I need you to tell me that I'm doing a good job. I need those things as a kid. Right. And as a as a girl, I need those from my dad because guess what? I'm gonna go get those praises mm -hmm. from another guy yep. and it's not gonna be genuine. Yep. And then that puts me in a whole crazy situation of life. And here we are. It's funny that you said that because I was talking to a, a friend of mine and something clicked to me about women that I had never, you fighting mm -hmm. the chicken back there? Uh, <laughs> uh, something clicked to me about women that I never thought about because I'm a man and it's not something that we have to deal with. And the thing mm -hmm. that clicked was, what does it feel like to, be, to get to know a guy to sleep with a guy and then to realize that he only wanted to use you for sex and when I finally <laughs> thought about that I'm like that's got to be a devastating feeling for a woman especially when you it's, really start it's hard yeah. because yeah. women naturally are nurturers we put yeah. our emotions our emotions are, at, are heightened mm -hmm. naturally yeah. it's in our genetic makeup Right. So for us to put in our all into or even what we feel like we're putting in a lot, I'm giving you the time of day and right. I'm actually making with you surrounded around it. Oh, you broke up a little bit. Bring that back. Just last two seconds. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when I plan my day around a guy that means you know that's something that's important to me mm -hmm. so if i'm doing all this we're doing the whole you know we having sex we're hanging out we spending money on each other mm -hmm. we're we're conversing and doing all of that and then come to find out that you was just playing the game man that's i mean let that, me tell you something that is just that's just and then to keep doing that because yeah. guess what and i've been in that plenty mm -hmm. of times because yeah. you sit here and you do the same thing for the for the next guy and it happens again. and think that oh it's gonna be different Ooh, I mean, and it I, happens again that's when i finally thought of it in that context because i can be open i was i've done i've done that to people and i mm -hmm. never i it took me 38 years i just never thought about it from the the reversed role because Correct. I got bad news for women you cannot use a man for sex he ain't gonna feel bad he'll be alright so it does, we don't have that feeling of being used by that for mm -hmm. us it would be more like you know maybe somebody takes your wallet or you know something like that you get game like that right. but even that it's not the same effect as giving your body to somebody mm -hmm. and then for mm -hmm. only for you to feel rejected and then for it to happen over and over. And then the next realization that I made was like, so that's how the hope phase starts. Because then you're trying to reclaim the power of that instead of, because it's like, well, instead of me being used, let me at least do what I want to do so I can get something mm -hmm. out of it and create that wall myself. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. that makes a little more sense. And I would say to some degree, that could come from a divorce because if you're not getting those words of affirmation and power from your father and you have to get exactly. that from an outside source from a guy, that would make you susceptible to that and open for that type of attack um, from an mm -hmm. outside source. 
But another really interesting yeah. thing that I found in the research about divorce is that the things that we champion um, in society now, statistically speaking, increase your rates of divorce. Um, blended families have a high chance of being divorced. Uh, second marriages, a normal marriage has a 50-50 chance of getting divorced. It almost turns into 15 to 20% higher chance of divorce, like 75% chance of divorce on your second marriage, maybe 65%, but it's an increased effect. Um, if, if your parents are divorced, it increases your chance of divorce. If you have more than 10 mm-hmm. partners, either side, it increases your chance of divorce. And so all these things are normalized. So we're going So go ahead. These these results mm-hmm. are from how long ago? The man they're fairly recent. Let me see if I can um pull them up. They're not like from the eighties. These are all like two thousand ten and forward. Yeah, because I feel like our Sadly, our generation, I don't feel like I'm in that at all, but majority of our generation mm-hmm. normalizes all of these things. Absolutely. Um, as far as marriage goes, mm-hmm. you know, we'll sit here and say, oh, I'm getting married, but in the same damn breath, mm-hmm. put, but if things go bad, yep. you can also catch this, this divorce. Easy. Why? Just bail out. Why? This is not a relation. Like, this is not, we're not dating. This is not a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. We are mm-hmm. married. Right. That is a yes. union. That is a permanent union. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be. That's what permanent. we were taught. I don't they, don't. they don't. They don't. Because, go ahead. Because people feel like, and I mean, yes, I'll say it. Mm-hmm. Women, we feel like, you know, we do have some sort of power. Yes, we do. There's definitely women have their type. We have our own type of power. Men have their type of power. Mm-hmm. But in a in a marriage, it's supposed to be shared. It's not supposed to feel like, well, this one is dominating the the next person right. or the other person is dominating the other person. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be one together. Right. But people feel like in a marriage, things don't go right. We're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Communication, they don't want to talk about it. Right. We're just going to go ahead and catch this divorce. And you know what? And it's like. That could be from mm-hmm. all that past hurt. So For sure. If you have been in a situation where you've been sexually used or whatever by different men or women, however the situation plays out, where you end up with a closed heart, getting married ain't going to fix that. It's not going to no. fix the damage that you you know that you developed over time and in addition yep. to that if you i had my thought and it just flew out of my head let me it's go okay. it, let me go <laughs> for it um if you go into something like that and i always use the example if you had to, if somebody if you had to pick a job and you knew that you literally had to stay at this job for the rest of your life well what how long would it take you to determine this is this is the job that I want? What would you look uh-huh. for? You would look to see what the benefits are, what the retirement uh-huh. plan is. And even then, you look at the job, you scout it out for a couple of years, if you knew that there was no way to get out of it. Now, if yep. you flip that and say, all right, well, they say this is the job that you have to have for the rest of your life. But if you don't like it, you can always get out. 
you're not going to scout the job as hard. You're not going to look for the long-term benefits of it because in the back not of your brain, you know that you can dip. And so what I'm seeing with a lot of people is they're using short-term mating strategies for a long-term uh-huh. decision because they yeah. always know that they can get out of the relationship. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was wondering what's going on, Rad. Uh, I'm not taking any calls right now. It's just me and Queen right now. I'll call you in a little bit, man. Um, people realize that, okay, there's this really good looking man, a really good looking woman. Well, if you take sex out of the equation, give me five minutes, Rad, and I'll let you in. If you take sex out of the equation, and you just look at this person for who they are organically and go into it and saying that, hey, we're just going to date for the sole purpose of getting married. They could look amazing. But once you start seeing those cracks in who they are and you have that clarity to think about it, you're going to be like, well, this might not be worth it, even if the sex is amazing, <laughs> which I haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. So you got nothing mm-hmm. to cloud your judgment. But if you yep. flip that around and you say, well, I want to marry this. I like this person and we're dating for marriage. But the sex part's still gonna come with it. Mm-hmm. Your your judgment's all cloudy because you get this great sex, and then you'll start overlooking those holes, and then you, sure. you might still marry them because you know that you can get out of it if it doesn't work. That's crazy because I posted something on Snapchat yesterday saying the same thing, essentially the same thing. If you take sex out of the equation. Mm-hmm. These people don't have anything to offer. No. Nothing. Nothing. Because this society is so sexually driven. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, if you think about it, a lot of these people who say, oh, you know, I want to have sex. I want to do this. What kind of sex are you having? Because mm-hmm. there's definitely more to sex than the physical. Right. Absolutely. And people don't know that. People Absolutely. don't. They don't know it. And if they do, they don't care to know it mm-hmm. because they're all about that minute, second, and be done, you know. Well, you know so, I mean, you know, mm-hmm, go ahead. No, no. You know, I was just about to start talking about that picture that I sent you the other day mm-hmm. about the parasympathetic mm-hmm. and the sympathetic nervous mm-hmm. system. And because I was I'm studying pharmacology right now and in the yeah. sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight. It has dilated pupils, increased heart rate, and this is the most inter- interesting one, saying it promotes ejaculation and vaginal contraction. And then it finally hit me. I started thinking about some of my old relationships and women that I was attracted to, like in that strong, lustful way. And then I would mm-hmm. get them, and we would have all these, you know, these bizarre relationships. These on and off and ups and downs but the sex was always good mm-hmm. and I started realizing after reading this and I texted you about it the other day it's like what I may have confused for attraction might have been my body telling me to run the fuck away from this person because I've encountered equally as attractive person as attractive women and I don't have that thing go off in me you know what I'm saying I've mm-hmm. seen very attractive women but I don't get that weird thing that tells me to run the fuck away from them. And in general yeah. speaking, looking back, those relationships were normal. 
but the sex wasn't all out, you know, crazy. But it, mm. with those other people, I had that fucked up feeling the whole time. I didn't That's think crazy. it was a fucked up feeling. It just got right. normalized, but looking back, it was a key to get away. Is that something that you've ever experienced? Um. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think back. Yeah. Like, and how long did it last? Was it was it over in a in a matter of like months, weeks, or you kept it? Uh, you know, I'll put it like this: the younger I was, the longer those types of relationships lasted. The older Mm. I got, the quicker I was like, oh no, 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 I know what this is. Mm. Let me get the fuck Mm. away. You're Mm. able to pick on it. You're able to pick up on those cues a lot quicker when somebody's not for you. It doesn't take much. It usually is just you listening and believing what the person says. I remember not too long ago, I'm in a Facebook group and I posted and I'll ask you a question. If you met a guy mm-hmm. and he told you that he cheated on every woman he had ever been with, would you continue that uh, relationship? I can't. Like how? What's so different about me? Big facts. I can't. Wondering, wondering woman, what's going on? But you want to hear something interesting? A lot of the guys, and I was really shocked, said, I would, because the past is the past. I'm doing a dumb nigga voice, because that's what I was thinking about. But. When they said that. Because <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm like, this person is legit telling you who they, they're, they're giving you the warning. They're story. telling you who you are. But, okay, yeah, the past is the past. Everybody has a past. Absolutely. But. Are you going to sit there and be in a relationship like that? If somebody came and told you? Exactly. No. Exactly. Because you're going to sit here and be thinking, mm-hmm. are they doing this to me? I, look, there's way too many other things in life that can stress you out. That's not something that I want to add no. to do the same thing. No, I'm not going to sit there and, well, and you know, that's wonder. That's the biggest predictor of uh, like when you ask somebody about, hey, are you feeling suicidal? The biggest predictor uh-huh. of somebody committing suicide is if they ever tried to do it before. So uh-huh. you have to accept people at face value. And I, have you ever lived with anybody, Queen? No. Mm-mm. No? I haven't. What's preventing mm-hmm. you from doing that? I mean, I like my space. Mm-hmm. And not that I mind sharing, because I mean, I've shared, other than, you know, my parents, I've shared living spaces with them before but i mean you're introducing somebody else's living style with you right you know and and this is i tell yeah i tell all my friends Mm -hmm. i can come and visit but for us to live together i can't do that good afternoon good afternoon hello am i uh hey uh good afternoon queen b hello salutations Hi. Uh, hi. Um, are we having the uh, divorce conversation He's right now? On. That's what's happening. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. May I? Oh, that's okay. So that that is. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm calling uh, uh, from my brand new studio, and I had you piping through my um, my. Uh, hang on a second. I need to modify my system so you can't hear me quite so well. Um, 
My, my apologies, Fred. So while I'm doing that, I'm actually just going to uh, tell you, uh, Mr. Thank you, uh, my friend Donaldson. And I'm going to say, I can't hear anything now. I can't hear anything, I can't hear anything, anything now. now. I don't know where he's going. And do you know this? It's all, okay. all about me. I can hear you now. Are, are you able to hear me now? Yeah, I can are hear you. Now. Are you able to hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Sorry, I just I had to disconnect you from my speaker so that I can talk. Sorry, sorry. Um, so the deal is just that uh, Mr. Donaldson uh, amplified my personal energy with his energy because it is so tremendous. And because of what's going on today, I just want to take this moment and thank him Absolutely. for amplifying. You know, sometimes you need that, that, that course correction and that... Uh, you know, and, and energy becomes a laser if you center it all in the same place, you know, and sometimes it's all you need. Uh, I appreciate that, buddy. Um, so the deal is, is uh, I called in specifically because this is a subject matter you're addressing today, something that's really near and dear to my heart oh, as somebody that's uh, four times, uh, you know, in that direction, you know what I mean? You've been divorced so, four times. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. Well, yeah, no, so the deal is this, the deal is this, one, I'm a masochist, so we have to understand that, you know, right. I'm a collective right. punishment, okay? Uh, number two, I'm attracted to unhinged women that are crazy and may stab me, you know? Uh, not all of them are like that, not all of them right. like that. That's right. like, that's like, at, when in my early, in my teens and my 20s, that was like the criteria. If you were likely to kill me, I was very, very happy to have you, you know? Right. Uh, that's the thing is that, uh, you know, so I, I don't, and this is this is the thing, and this is the, I, I can't emphasize enough. So at some point in uh, human existence, people decided that responsibility for their lives was external, which is the opposite of experience. You are responsible for your own life for the most part. There are extenuating circumstances when outside forces intervene and you can't control either, you know, acts of God, somebody, you know, uh, ambushing you, something like that, and you just can't be prepared for it. It, it, Some things you're explained, but for the most part, you can place yourself, you know, in certain situations if you're able to plan ahead, you know. And romantically, I think some people, you know, there there are some times you can be ambushed by a human being who's genuinely deceptive and means you harm. But for the most part, most people are just like, you know, the your average human being doesn't mean harm, but doesn't necessarily have a plan. So when you get involved with the person, sometimes things go good, sometimes things go bad. But the point is, is if they go bad, you address it like a couple of adults. And you move on with your lives, you know? And that's the entire point. When it comes to divorce and marriage in particular, it is a state of mind, see? Okay. You have people that are married to human beings and everything values. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who are legally married and are completely divorced mentally from a human being. Absolutely. And those are two oh, very different, you know, very different sides of the spectrum. And that's because me, me and my sister, we, we kind of, uh, we, we, we joke about it, that we are the two most unmarriable human beings on the planet, you know? And it's like, uh, we, we say that, but we both have lovely families. So that, and that's just it. Um, when you're going to be with a human being, right? You love this human being. You want to wake up next to them every day. That's not necessarily an oath. That is a state of mind. It's a presence of mind. You don't have to be, you don't have to convince a person to be with somebody they love. They're there. You know, they're waking up every day, they're messaging them, blah, 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 blah. They're doing the behaviors. You know what it looks like. You know what I mean? And the thing is this. There is this thing now where, like, 
people have accepted that you somebody can be with you and not place an investment in your life, which is the absolute opposite of the truth also. If somebody isn't willing to put an investment of their time in your life, odds are they're not as committed to you as you are to them. Alternatively, you know, uh, if you have a divorce that takes place, right, and one person is still very much in love with the other and the other person is gone, you have nasty divorces. When me and my baby's mother, my son's mother, uh, split, it was amicable and it was a thing that we both were like, you know, this is for either of us, but for the sake of our sons, we are going to be friends and do this right. We made that decision, you know? And it's one of those things that like, I'm a, I'm a goof. I make lots of mistakes, but if one thing I can stand on two feet, look somebody dead in the eye, I feel like I did absolutely right. It is how I handle my separation from my baby's mother, which because I had good advice and a support circle that told me, look, it's not about you or her. It's that kid. And if you want them to be well adjusted without you being going home, you have to be friends. And that means you're going to have to be friends with new husbands and new kids and blah, 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 blah. And if you can't do that, then you're not an adult and you can't put that child ahead of you, you know? And that was something that stuck with me because I was very drunk when they told me this, you know? And the thing is, is that like, uh, it, it made sense. So when me and her started, uh, this journey that we've been on now for 12 years, it was a matter of what do we do to make sure our son is unbreakable? Because as it is, he has one strike against him because of the situation. We will not allow our decision to affect his life in a negative way, you know? And that's the thing. Let me ask you two questions, if you don't mind sharing. One, were both of your parents together the whole time, or did they get divorced? Okay, so my parents Uh got married two weeks before I was born. Okay. They are still together to this day. Okay, and the women that you married, were were their parents together, or did they get divorced? Okay, so the women that I got together with, were all disaster situations. I had I had Lantelon syndrome for the longest. You know what I mean? And what does, that, uh, what does that term mean? I've never heard that before. Well, Lantelon syndrome is when you feel like you got to save people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, and the thing is, is, is like I, you know, I grew up with Superman and He Man, and I always wanted to ride in and save my princess and give her many babies. You know, and protect her for the rest of my life. That was my mission. You know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that as society evolved. That mindset became antiquated because women need to be safe, you know. Now I have four daughters, and I encourage them to stand on their own two feet. And if they have to rip somebody's heart out and show it to them, they should. Because that is what it is required now for a woman. A woman must be able to take care of herself. The society, we are equals. That is the way that it is. So you don't need a husband, but it's good to have one. Or you don't need a wife or whatever it is you want to do. You don't need to be with someone to be sufficient. So somebody just said in the chat that in the hood, they call that a captain save a hoe. Yeah. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about that. Okay. That I hate that because my current wife, Uh I took her with four children and I, my friend, like murder me about that. Like, why would you do that, bro? Why would you? Because my son is almost grown. And I was almost out of the parent game. I could be a bachelor for the rest of my life when I, like, started over, you know? Right. And they're like, why would you do that? Let me tell you something about that, okay? Just because a woman made bad decisions with her genitalia in the past doesn't mean she's beyond redemption, okay? And just because somebody makes bad decisions doesn't mean that something can't happen that can't be the catalyst for more positive behavior. It just 
Well, this doesn't matter. I didn't say she needed saving. The thing is, is that I took her with her poor kid, and I raised my hand and I took that job. She didn't need me, but I did. And it did well, but just because I did that doesn't mean that I deserve to be mocked, is well, what I'm saying. Just because she has uh-huh. four kids doesn't mean that she needs saving. Captain Savo and somebody with a lot of children are two different things. No, for sure. But the thing is, is that because she has four kids not married, people equate that. Okay. Just because that doesn't mean that it's true. Right. And I'm not that's, I'm not saying that that's how I feel. I tell you, this is what my friends told me about my current woman. Okay. See, that's how disrespectful that whole mindset is, is that it, 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 it normalizes that kind of a disrespectful tone to somebody where it's like, oh, you're a captain. So you're telling me my wife is a prostitute, bro? And I shouldn't be spending my time with her? Is that what you're saying? You know? And, and, that's, and that's the kind of thing that I'm saying is like, look, sometimes... You know, it's it's a matter of you made a decision, you got to stick with it. And if the person you're with isn't perfect, neither are you. You made a decision, sit down and sit in the car and take. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. People got to learn how to how to how to follow through. Like, look, I I, I said I was gonna do this. Let me fucking do it, all right? Uh-huh. And that's it. You know? And I don't know what happened to that because that doesn't happen anymore either. People are so flaky, wishy-washy now. I, I, yeah. Getting something, committing something in 2020 is almost impossible unless you can still run in somebody from out. You know? And I think is, oh no, I've had a couple of these, uh, cause I'm a nerd that collects toys. Uh, I had a woman that tried to, came in my house, tried to date me. She said, oh, well when I move in here, the first thing to do is take all these toys down. I told her to leave and she never came back. Okay? And that's the thing. Wait, so I, 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 bring I, that, hold on, hold on. Bring that back. I missed that. Say that one more time. Oh, no, she said, women always um, also have a similar syndrome. We always think we can fix a man. Right. And I, I hate that, all right? Because the thing is, is that, like, it's always the same thing. Because with me, like I said, rad toy collector, collect toys, right? Mm-hmm. So I always have women that come to hang out with me. Well, when I was when I was single anyway. But, uh, they come to the house, and, they, and everything's cool. But then they get in the living room, and they see my action figures, and they're like, whoa, what the fuck is your problem? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, what is my problem? I was like, we drove here in a car I paid for. This is my house. I'm, if I want to put statues of me naked doing handstands all over the place, that's my fucking prerogative. This is my house, you know? And I think it's, so it's this, thing, this notion that, that some women have where they can just walk into somebody's home and completely rearrange things because they're entitled to because they're the girl is ridiculous, you know? If I decide to commit myself to a woman, I make her my wife, she can rearrange whatever the fuck she wants. That's This is her home now. That's my wife. So let me you know? ask you this. In having multiple marriages... Do you uh-huh. feel like at each one that you've changed in some way for a negative or a positive? Like, do you feel like it's I, easier for you to walk away from a marriage with these additional? Well, well so the deal is, is that um, uh, you got a. So here's the thing. I'm kind of a wackadoo, right? Uh, I kind of equate my life to a sitcom, you know. And every time I my I leave a relationship and enter a new one, uh, it's like a new show has started for me. You know, right. and that's what I'm saying. Uh, the deal is, is that uh, every time I, 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 a relationship changes, I'm a new human being and I've acknowledged that, you know, there's echoes of my past self. But to be with a new person, you essentially are taking on a new energy, you know, and that changes you. It's 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 it is it is the energy of life when you decide to be with another human being. And that most certainly will change you at a molecular level, whether you like it or not. That's why who you're with is so important. If you hook up with somebody who is a piece of trash and is a soul-sucking zombie, as soon as you hook up with them, they're going to suck you dry. If you meet a meaningful human being that has good intentions for you, they're going to elevate you and lift you up. 
But the thing is, at some point, you know, you bump your head enough times, you learn how to acknowledge the good people from the bad people and try to make good decisions, you know? And, like, for me, there was a while where I said, you know what, fuck all this wedding shit, I'm never doing this again. Uh, I can't trust women, they always lie to me, they always use me for things, I'm just going to do me and me and my son and that's it forever, right? And then I met this woman who was, like, she completely changed my mind. And it wasn't that she forced me, it wasn't that she did anything special. She was so genuinely good to me and loved me so much that I figured that it, I, I owed it to her because I, I just that kind of genuine uh, emotionality is something I never really experienced. I had spent the most of my life chasing after women and giving them something they didn't deserve because they wanted to use me. And I, for once in my life, I feel like I have somebody that deserves the kind of affection that I can deliver, you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that you have to learn to give people what they want, you know? Don't try to give somebody a relationship they don't want, you know? If you do, you're going to drive them and yourself crazy. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, That's okay. I've been reading this book called Psycho-Cybernetics, and it's about this... um. A physician. He is a uh, he's a surgeon, and he would help military vets who had their faces burned or disconfigured from explosions. Uh-huh. Uh, he would help reconfigure them. Well, it didn't matter how well he reconfigured them or whatever he did, they would still see the flaws within themselves. And so he started delving deeper into the psyche of people. And what he realized is that it all started in the mind. And this goes into mm-hmm. as far as dating. And he realized that no matter what a person looks like or what they think, if if they think of themselves in a certain way, they will, the universe will give them just that. And what I notice is that people that strive to seek out partners that they can fix, like in the case of Jada Pickett Smith, it's because they're trying to fix something damaged within themselves. And it's, it's so much easier to fix somebody else than to fix yourself. Because in trying to fix yourself, you have to tell yourself the truth about things. And so mm-hmm. even myself, when I was going after these damaged women, they were noticeably damaged. And I knew it. You're actually what you're doing is um, is actually an ego thing, because what's happening is you're picking somebody that's damaged so you can fix them. Well, if you fix somebody, they're dependent on you in a certain type of way. And it makes you feel good and it makes you almost feel like, well, this person can't leave me because I now have something over them. And it's also and also on top of that, you're right, it does justify your situation. And on top of that, and I lost my train of thought, but I'm about to get it back because I'm back on the track. Um, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because in a way you don't even feel like you're worthy of having a normal relationship. You would get in the fact that you can because generally how long does it take really realistically to look at somebody and know they're a train wreck? It doesn't take as it might take a whole conversation, maybe two before. you. Yeah, when, but, but the thing is, is in order to do that, though, to develop that train wreck identification superpower, mm-hmm. you have to like get hit full on by a couple of them, you know. Well, here's the thing. And that's, well, here's the thing about that. I'm going to let Wondering Woman in. So the thing about intuition, Wondering Woman, what's going on? Good morning, good morning. Go ahead and finish your thought. Okay, so the thought is, the thing about intuition, intuition is nothing but pattern recognition, right? It's the ability to see ant, ant, there's a bee there, ant, ant. And so it's usually drawn off your previous experiences. So while it's true that 
The only way you can see a train wreck coming is by drawing from your previous experiences. Well, that's why you get a circle of people around you that you can trust and that you listen to their advice. Because where you might have might not have the field of vision to see that train wreck, if I have Wondering Woman, if I have Queen Bee, if I have Rad Tech, Red Toy Collector, and they all have their different levels of intuition, then what can it, what can penetrate that? If I'm willing to listen, one of us is going to pick up on, hey, this is a fucked up situation. You need to get out of it. And that's the, that's the hindrance of isolating yourself and not mm-hmm. telling your friends about, because I think we've all done this to some degree. You're in a relationship that you know that you shouldn't be in. And the reason you know you shouldn't be in it is because you withhold details from the people that you care about. Because you say mm-hmm. it because you don't want them judging yeah. you, but the reality well, is you don't want them telling you the truth. No, that's what it is. That's true. Amen. That's what it is, mm-hmm. man. Hold on a second, Go ahead. And speaking from, uh, from, a, from, from a family of extremely nosy people, mm-hmm. sometimes giving too much information about your relationship could be destructive. Absolutely. Because that's oh, true. You know, so it's like that's that's just what I'm saying. It's you, what you're talking about is walking a very fine line of perspective, my friend, and that takes a lot of living to get it right. You know, that's the thing. But let me, let me, it's it's people that you trust to give advice to, people that you trust not to be judgmental. If you're worried that the people you're going to get advice from are judgmental, that's not the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about a small or large circle, but generally small, of people that you trust. If you're withholding vital things from them in the relationship that you wonder is this normal and you don't tell them you know it's not normal and you're with your perfect i've done it because i've been ashamed Mm -hmm. to tell people things because i know it's fucked up the moment it comes out of my mouth and that's what i'm talking about so your intuition is there you know the train you know the shit's not right oh she you know she's hanging out with her ex-boyfriend Oh, she has all these male friends. Oh, she doesn't pick up the phone. You don't even want to bounce that shit off people because you know it's fucked up. Yeah. She stole my identity in the middle of the night to buy things in the Philippines. Shit like that. Yeah. Like. I hope that was just an example and didn't really happen to you. No, it absolutely did. Uh, so, no, listen, 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 listen. I have been yeah. stabbed. I set on fire. I have been shot. I have been uh, I've been chased by you know like if, let, me, let me tell you something the pursuit of crazy women has gotten me a lot of um, you know I'm in this I'm in this marriage. I'm suddenly feeling a lot better about my decisions <laughs> uh, I'm, in, I'm in this marriage group and they said well if you had to give uh, some information to your son what would it be and the first piece of advice son or daughter is don't waste your time pursuing relationships waste more time you know trying to find your higher self and improving yourself because in all honesty mm-hmm. i spent the majority of my 20s chasing women and i didn't mm-hmm. get anything from it literally nothing but a head mm-hmm. for a break i got some knowledge be be able to talk to you guys about the things that i'm talking about right now mm-hmm. but i don't want that for my daughter at all mm-hmm. i'd rather just be able to give her my experiences so she can sidestep some of those things but if i had spent like I've been doing Muay Thai and working out for only since November, but I'm in amazing shape. I'm like, well, damn it! If I had spent my twenties doing that, I'd probably be in the fucking UFC right now. I, I'd be in a whole different place. A whole different place. But let me tell you something else, though, buddy. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, but there is also this to temper the the, the 
the other edge of that particular sword is this. Uh, there is no child that never learned proper respect for fire that didn't first burn themselves. You have to understand, a lot of experiences permanently bring your brain muscle memory pain. And while you want your child to learn vicariously, they absolutely will not. And you have to accept that also, you know. And the thing is, is that um, what I'm trying to do with my children specifically, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm trying to teach them how to make good decisions, you know, so that when I'm not there, the decisions they make are sound, or at least as sound as they can be, you know. And that because ultimately I can't stand in a line of fire, you know, for uh, for them. I would, I would, I would, I would take every bullet thrown their way, right. but yeah. Uh, if that's not how it's gonna go, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get the, your your children are gonna get the same ambushes you got. They, they weren't expecting the same way your parents didn't see coming. So like in my mind, the thing that I'm trying to do is one, establish a relationship with my children that I am their confidant, and they know that if they have a problem, don't try to hide it from me. Bring me the problem. You need to bury a body, son. Let me show you where the holes are. All right. Right. You need to, you know what I mean? That that's what I want. I don't want him to feel like uh, I'm ever the antagonist in this story. I want to be my son's Uncle Ira. You know, I want to be my son's, uh, 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 you know, I want I want to be the thing my son goes to whenever he's in his darkest moment and he needs help. I don't want him to ever feel like he has to hide a decision from me because he's ashamed of it. You know, because he shouldn't. Yeah, I've made so many stupid decisions that there's no way I could ever look down on somebody for doing something dumb. But I want him to know that if he ever happens, he's got at least one person that will help him with whatever it is. And if you can do that for your children, then that's more than most people get in the entirety of their life. So and that is. I don't know who ad, admin is calling in. I think it's. Hey, what's going on, admin? Or I'm disconnecting. I don't know. Is it as administrator for Podbean? Yeah, that was that. That's, yeah. Podbean doesn't. Uh, well, well, for one, Podbean doesn't do that. Uh, so yeah, you were right. That is that is funny. You're gonna see a lot more of that now, folks. Not to go off subject, but uh, look out for your parents and your non-tech savvy people. I just had to bear, uh, undig my mom's Facebook profile. Somebody from Vietnam. Use it and open up. You don't even want to know, okay? And I'm I, like, so I've been spending like, so it's happening really badly right now because a lot of the protections that existed after NAFTA was uh, re uh, re uh, renegotiated, mm-hmm. had in place aren't there. Sammy, what's cracking? Um, speaking of having to work tech for your parents, you know, Patty was it Patty Labelle versus Gladys Knight is having a versus. And um, uh, there's going to be a lot of the the 50 and up crowd that's going to be bugging their kids how to get on Apple and download that right now. But I have a question for you, Rad. Hey, so, hey, hey, hold on, back up. I am enough. I'm approaching 50. 60, Thank 60 you. Enough. All right. Um, <laughs> I, this is to everybody. I'll start with Queen, then I'll go down the line. Queen, if you were to have a if you have a friend or cousin, nephew, kid, whatever, and you see a red flag. Something that's jumping out at you about the person they're trying to date. How do you approach that? Um, I would try to make it. How do I say this? Mm-hmm. I would try to be as approachable as I can. Okay. Because, um, I think now with this day and age, it's a little easier. 
to be a little more approachable because of how open things are. Mm -hmm. But um, I would definitely try and be as approachable as I can and try to make everything real plain, real black and white. Okay. Because, I mean, most of my aunts and uncles, well, let me just say my aunts, they're all older than me. Like, we're not close in age or anything like that. So I always looked at them like an adult, like, okay, I gotta be like my mom, you know, I couldn't really relate. So I would try to make it as relatable and approachable as I can okay. um, and see how the conversation goes. Cause I mean, you gotta, some of those are kind of touch and go. You gotta see how people, you know, especially family approach you, you may or may not want to talk about it. Absolutely not. You know? So, and how about Wait. wondering woman? Uh, oh, let me give let me give woman a chance I'm, to speak. I'm in the middle of a grand opening, and I got to jump off this okay. call. All right, uh, but but uh, like, listen, uh, uh, to uh, wondering woman, Queen B, everybody else in the call, you guys, much love. Uh, I don't want to come off as woman here. Absolutely, I'm not. Uh, I have uh, I have a little squad of daughters that I'm hoping to rich, uh, enlighten, and productive young women. No, and uh, you guys, I just my focus in life at this point is just everybody stop fighting. That's all I want. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, uh, how we can accomplish that? I hope we accomplish that. Uh, uh, much love. Uh, happy Sunday to everybody. Congratulations, baby. Bye. Yeah. I come by. I'm gonna swing by a little bit, man. So, wondering woman, how would you address? Uh, your son. We use him as an example. He's walking in. Okay, the you, you see the shit coming. You actually know my son, so That's my dog. Um, we can use your daughter. Yeah. So, well, no. It, and here's the thing. My my generic comment was going to be: it really depends on who you're talking about and what my relationship with is with that person is. My son, I'm going to tell him straight up, mm -hmm. I'm not pulling any punches. I'm going to talk to him on his level, mm -hmm. which is that, that hoe is no good. <laughs> okay. Because, because that's the language my son speaks. Absolutely. That's what he's going to uh, listen to. Mm -hmm. If I come to him as, uh, you know, a 50-year-old professional speaking proper English, throwing all this psychology shit at him, He's going to put up that wall, and he he's going to not listen to it at all. Um, and, and I'm just going to call it really straight with him. Mm -hmm. It will he listen? Maybe, maybe not. But um, we have a really good relationship. He he um, respects my opinion. He's going to let me say what I got to say, uh, and, and then take it into account. But at the end of the day, he's going to do what he's going to do. Absolutely. Um, he also, though, at the end of the at the end of whatever happens, he he is one who will come back and be like, "Hey, yo, I should have listened. You were right, you know." Right. Now, my daughters, <clears throat> um, so my oldest one, uh, I'm a little bit older than you. My my kids are uh, 19 to 29, mm -hmm. and Dang, my oldest daughter, you know? um, yeah, dog. Oh, yeah. I'm getting old. Yeah. That shit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. She's twenty nine, right. and when she when she was first, you know, out in the world, making her way, doing her thing, figuring things out, right. I tried to 
to talk to her and tell her some stuff. And and she, being who she is, says to me, hey, mama, I appreciate it, but leave me alone. I need to learn on my own. I'm going to make my own mistakes. Um, and so, you know, when, when somebody tells you that straight out, you know, it's like any other situation. You've got to believe it when somebody tells you who they are. Straight up. So, uh-huh. right. Um, my, I also have several nieces uh, and nephews, and I'm pretty close to my nieces. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they'll reach out to me about stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... I'm going to be, well, here's also an interesting the part of the dynamic that a lot of people may not know. I am 48. I'm 48 and I'm white, but my kids are all biracial. Okay. And so, um, and the, the nieces that I'm talking about are white. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a different approach with them. I think everything has to be, um, you know, very tailored to the individual person that you're talking to. Absolutely. You know, if you want the message to get and, the target. Right, right. And my nieces are very um are very open with me partially because their dads don't like me. And so it's kind of a a screw you to their parents. Right. Um you know, because they have formed their own independent uh, opinion of me and relationship with me okay. and so they also know without a doubt a hundred percent certainty I'm never going to go back and tell their parents anything Good deal. and so it's a very safe place for them mm-hmm. to talk about stuff mm-hmm. without fear of judgment and without fear of me ratting them out right. you know and so you know again you you have to really tailor what you're going to say your approach to who you're dealing with mm-hmm. and what has been your previous relationship with that person because you can't just wake up one morning and decide, oh, I'm going to be the cool aunt they confide in if you have not been that person previously. That kind of trust takes years to build up. Absolutely. They have to know you're that person. Right. right. Uh-huh. I totally agree with everything you just said. Something that I've been working on in um, a lot of my relationships and wondering, woman, I'm sure that you can attest to this. I've started to be more truthful with my friends. And I won't say pressure mm-hmm. is the word, but when they have something, if they're telling me thoughts that are incongruent with what, what they're telling me and what they're doing, if they don't align, I'm now starting to hold them accountable for that. Because I thought in the past I was being a good friend by just listening. But a good friend is someone that does both for you. That not only will listen, because mm-hmm. you can tell somebody, hey, you're doing A, but I'm seeing B. You can do that without being judgmental because you're simply giving them the facts of what you see. And if they know it's coming from a place of love, they'll take it for what it is. Um, Like Rad was saying, I get what he's saying about not opening up to family members who are judgmental. You don't want to really, not even just family members, friends. We all have those frenemies that kind of relish in your defeats. Those aren't the people that you want to get advice from because generally... They'll purposely lead you to destruction. Um, uh-huh. send, send the love what's going on. Miss DJ hoodie what's going on. They'll lead you down that path, either knowingly or unknowingly. Um, they'll lead you down the wrong. But if you know that when you're telling somebody something out of a place of love, I would encourage everybody, don't feel that fear. Hold your friends accountable for the actions that you see them doing. 
if they because you're not being a good friend if you let them go ahead and do that you really aren't you're doing a disservice to them especially if you have the knowledge to help them uh walk a good line well there's also the thing i'll go back um so when i was 17 18 was the first time that i dated a black guy I grew up in an extremely racist family, Uh, not just my my family, but like everybody I knew, my whole town, everybody I went to school with, etc. And um, of course, at first they didn't know about it, but when they found out, uh, it was pretty much the reaction that I expected. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when I moved out and I moved in with my boyfriend, my entire family disowned me. And right. Mm She was absolutely 100% right about everything that she said. But here's the thing. At that point, I could not allow her to be right. Mm -hmm. And I stayed with him when I should not have because I couldn't lose that that battle. Right. I get you. You know? I get you. Because I did something very simple. Because in my mind, well, in my mind, if I did... If I acknowledged what they were saying, they were going to attribute it to his race. Mm-hmm. What right or wrong? Right. And um, and that that was my biggest stumbling. It wasn't in my you know I guess I was just really idealistic or something, um, or stupid, whatever, however you want to look at it. But I couldn't I couldn't give in to that. You know, I couldn't let him be right about that. He was a horrible person. I got, I got um, news for you guys real quick. Can you continue this conversation? Because my stomach is rubbling. I think it's the coffee. I'll be back in about three minutes. <laughs> Keep it going. Gotcha. We got you, man. You know, so, uh, yeah. So, that's, you know, I, I really thought that by acknowledging that he was a shit person, that my parents and family and everybody else was going to be like, mm, no. You, you shouldn't have done that, you know, uh, and cut off all communication with them for the most part and had to make my own decision. And, and that was, you know, personally, it was a bad decision. But at what point do you feel there are certain people that you should tell that to or not tell to? Who do you feel that you should share, you know, your relationship with? Well, you know, th- my opinion about that has definitely changed as I've gotten older. Back mm-hmm. then, everybody that knew anything about my relationship were all my friends who were in similar situations. And mm-hmm. mostly his family. Because when you cross that race line... Um, for the most part, the black family and community accepts you with open arms, and they love you, and they take you in as one of their own. Um, and so I was surrounded with his family and his friends, and so I couldn't complain to them because they're all going to default to his side on it, you know. Um, and so I didn't have anybody who was my friend who was going to look out for my best interest um, without alienating me in the process. Right. And so I didn't have an unbiased person or even bias, biased for me to, to give me any feedback, you know. And so 
I wasn't isolated, but I was isolated from anybody who was there for me. And, uh-huh. it, you know, it, it, as you get older, you realize you have to have your own friends. You can't immerse yourself in his fans, his family, his people completely. And, and that's outside of the race issue. That's with that's any true. relationship. You've mm-hmm. got to have your own people. You have to have your All own right. sounding boards, people that are not going to just default to, to his side. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree with that. And so do you have um, experience with divorce? Because it seems like we've kind of gotten off a topic a little bit. As he tends to do. That's my thing. All right, yeah. I have a special guest here with me. It's, uh, she's yawning in my face. Got some hot baby breath. It's, uh, hey, girl, hey. Little, little, little. Little Donaldson, little Donnie. Mm-hmm. Um, so where did we leave off? So let's get back on the topic. People are naturally biased. They are. I don't know what y'all are talking about, but I'm back. But we were talking about the subject of divorce. That's how all this came to mm-hmm. be. And it really mm-hmm. seems to me that, um, you know, Queen B, you said this hasn't been your experience, it, but it's been mine. About stop yawning in my face, uh, little baby. Um, that living with a lot of people like Merrill, it does affect how you would view divorce I think it would make it much easier for you to get divorced if you've lived with a bunch of different people because you you kind of t- living together and being married are very similar things whether people like to admit that or not I'm not saying that being married is just a piece of paper but sharing a space with somebody is roughly the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, roughly the same when you, uh, Wondering Woman, would you agree with that statement or am I incorrect? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so you, you're almost, de- oh, you're going you're gonna to break that. You're going to break that. All right. Thanks. Um, so you're really desensitizing yourself early on and don't know it to the possibility that uh, if I don't like this situation, I can just get out of it. And once again, mm. even there's mm-hmm. even and once again, there's our statistics that back this up, that people who cohabitate early also have increased chances of getting divorced. I was telling um, Queen B about this wondering woman that there are so yeah, come get her. She's being bad. Um, that there are things that we see as societal norms. Things that we see as societal norms that increase your chances of getting divorced. Blended families have a high rate of failure. Um, having previous marriages have make increases your rates of failure. Having any party having a um, a parent that's divorced increase. You know, and this is a statistic that I wasn't expecting. If your child, if your firstborn child is a girl, it increases your chances of getting divorced. They don't know what the correlation is, but it, but it will cause a an increased chance of getting divorced. Smokers have increased chances of divorce. Um, another alarming statistic: I think it was Army Marines have like a ninety mm-hmm. percent chance of getting divorced. I was I was blown away mm-hmm. by that. Somebody's calling it. That's my boy. Huh. Oh, oh, what's, hey, up, what's man? up? Nothing, man. Chilling. We're just Not talking. Much, man. We're getting back on track. We're talking about divorce. I mean, uh, we started talking about my poop not too long ago. Holding your friends accountable. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And so we are. Yeah, I, um, I hopped in. They were talking. You know, they were discussing. Um, they were discussing uh, friends and uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then you came back on. So, I'm, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I have my coffee going on and I'm, I'm ready to go. No, it's like you had a long night. So let me ask. I'll go. Like I said, I'll go down the line. Do you think that marriage, what state do you feel like marriage is in right now? I'll start with you, Queen B. Is it looked upon as a, a thing that people want to do now or do people shy away from it? I feel like people want to do it, but they want to do it because it looks good mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. Um, mm. I feel like we're so social media driven. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody wants to post their relationship. Everybody wants to post their marriage. They want to um, do the parties and they want to invite the most amount of people and see how much money and this this and that but to me marriage is it's sacred you know people need to protect their marriage and i feel like now these days people are just doing it for lack of better words clout yeah Yeah. so to speak so Um, yeah they want to do it but that's yeah wondering woman how do you well again i'm older it's and for me, hey, thanks for calling in. Um, it definitely has to do with, uh, in my family, expectations, okay. whether that be cultural, familial. You know, um, there are certain families and that that just really frown upon you, you know, living with somebody. Right. And so. Um, e- even when you're not ready, I know that I have cousins who have been pressured to get married mm-hmm. because of the optics of it. And I have a really good friend who um, was brought up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And when she graduated from college, she met a guy and they moved to D.C., so that he could go to grad school and she was I forget what she was doing up there but they were living together for several months before her parents found out and her mother when her mother found out the mother's response was what will your cousins say yeah and so they really we're very concerned about reputation and appearances. And the funny thing about it is, um, she and I are very close. She's She eventually married the guy. They've been married now for about 25 years. Mm-hmm. They've got three kids. He is the only man she has ever had sex with. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that conversely, uh-huh. conversely, she has cousins who did what the family expected and the church mm-hmm. expected of them. Who have been married, you know, multiple times and all this other stuff. So, you know, I. But it's funny that you said it's that bullshit. Because another statistic was when it comes as far as uh, partner satisfaction, of being happy with your spouse, people that have only slept with one person, their current spouse, have the happiest level of partner satisfaction and have the least chance of getting divorced. Obviously, people who have had 10 or more partners. Have a lower, they have lower pay, uh, satisfaction amongst their partners, 
But what's really interesting is that the jump from one partner to two as far as decreased pay, uh, parent, uh, satisfaction is significant. They couldn't figure out why, but what the statistics say is that once somebody realizes there's other options out there, it decreases their satisfaction in their current situation and the chances for divorce significantly increase. Now, that if that's a good or bad yeah. thing, that's up to you to determine, but it was interesting. You know, you know what? I, you know, um, me, me, we, we usually talk about how our first, you know, our first gut decision is, you know, usually right. Mm -hmm. And um, not to say that that first person is always going to be the right person for you. Hell but no. I've 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 been through this so many times and it's not even really about pick. It's not really even about the first person you date. It's about um, knowing that. That that whenever you're in the dating field and there's that one girl that's really cool and all that mm -hmm. and she, you know she's I've actually I've been through this before. There's this one girl that I thought was cool. She was awesome. She seemed perfect. She liked the music I liked. She liked KRS One. All this stuff. You know what I'm saying? But um, I decided you know she 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 just well she said she she set up some date with me. On uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I forget which Super Bowl it was. Uh, me being the me, me being the jackass that I was, I decided to say, you know what, I'm gonna go hang out with my homeboys because mm -hmm. there might be more, you know, more more women to interact with. Right. You know, and it, it, that's that's one of those examples that I use because in 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 in, in the mind of the young bachelor, there's always. Uh, potential for more, mm -hmm. and what uh, what I've learned is that um, more isn't always good. Actually, more more choices makes things confusing. Kind of makes you it, it just it confuses things. You know what I mean? Um, keeping things simple, um, narrowing it down to say if, if this person is the right person, just go after it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, take a chance on that. Take a chance on something that you know might be a sure thing instead of go um instead of making uh instead of allowing yourself to have a higher uh margin for error mm -hmm. by you know bringing in more people into your um into your uh, pool dating so i have two things to say one we have a new caller it's all about the mm -hmm. hanging out in the background not saying much. I don't know what hey. she's doing. Hey, so. <laughs> I'm working. Okay. Hey, baby. Okay, I'm definitely listening. Well, feel free hey. to hop in and say what you need to say if there's anything you want. What do you Absolutely. think about so far about what's going on? What we're talking about, the subject matter. Um, I kind of feel like, as far as I would say, divorce is concerned. Um, well, no, let me go back about how I feel about marriage right now and the way I think our generation views it. Um, I feel like a lot of people want to be married because I would be happy, want to be happy. But it's not always about looking for marriage to complete you or marriage to make you happy or anything like that. You have to be in a place where individually you're okay with yourself and not needing you know someone else to complete you and i think that could stem from divorce um growing up in a divorce 
tone or anything like that, speaking that that wouldn't that you're looking for that um, you know maybe I want to do I want my life to be different than my parents or I've seen this and this is not what I want so striving to um, in your mind or what you think is right um, just yearning for that that and looking for that in marriage. I think you're a hundred percent correct. Um, you might—I don't think you were listening at the mm-hmm. time when we first started talking about it, but I noticed that people who have had that divorce trauma fall—at least for my friends—they fall in these two really unnatural planes. They go really far left or they go really far right. Either they right. mimic the the behaviors that they saw from their parents, and they get in relationship after relationship after relationship, marriage after marriage, or after marriage, or they do the opposite where they hold on to a relationship that they should let go but because they have that trauma of seeing their family split apart especially if there's kids involved they don't want that to happen again and they'll sacrifice themselves at all costs to stay in that relationship yeah i talk about that with my friends also about you know um will divorce after the kids graduate, they will divorce after because they don't want, you know, it to negatively impact growing up or disrupt their lifestyle, what they're used to being the norm. So like maybe out, then the parents decide, you know, okay, now we kind of like we don't have to hold on to this for the sake of the children. So yes, you stay in it for the sake, and you hear that a lot. You hear that a lot with a a lot of older couples. They don't want to um, disrupt the lifestyle of the children and have it to affect them. And that's tough, you know. I'm guilty of that. You are. You say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, My ex and I were together for 17 years. And uh, last weekend, my parents had their 51st anniversary. And so, uh, and, and let me tell you firsthand it has there a lot of those 51 years were really really rough mm-hmm. i remember being in eighth grade and praying at night mm-hmm. that my mother would leave him because mm-hmm. he was such an ass mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but what i have seen since then is that after the kids got older and moved out mm-hmm. and they went through some things together and and my father kind of calmed down um his temper was was always his issue mm-hmm. and uh about three or four maybe five years ago my mother had a scare and they thought uh that she had heart issues and um that was what it took for my dad to really break down and drop all of his barriers and for them to come together because he thought he was going to lose her he thought she was going to die and that changed their dynamic completely but for me um i had been married and divorced previously and um i i had kids and so the marriage that that lasted that long it was you know i have to put aside my personal desires by personal comfort um, and do this for the kids I have to do quote the right thing Mm -hmm. and things were I I was miserable I was absolutely miserable Mm -hmm. and I got to the to reach the point where my youngest kid was approaching high school Mm -hmm. and 
I, I just kind of admitted to myself that I was waiting for her to graduate so that I could file for divorce. Yeah. And it was so plain and obvious that even one of my friends, I was in my early 40s at the time, I guess. And I had always been very self-conscious that um, some of my teeth were crooked. Mm-hmm. And I went and got braces. And my friend commented to me at the time, she said, what made you go get braces now? You're, you know, you're as old as you are. And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and I said, I don't know. She goes, oh, I know what this is all about. This is for when you, when you finally leave him. And that really kind of struck me because it was the first time she'd ever really, you know, voiced what, that, that it was so obvious to everybody else because I thought I was hiding it. Mm-hmm. And that really made me stop and think that if my friend who I saw on a daily basis but had never been to my house at that point, if it was so obvious to her, mm. what were my kids who mm. were living in the house picking up on? Mm. That's big because then you have to wonder. That was huge. You have to wonder because kids – look more than they listen they observe what you mm. do well way more than what you say they watch those uh mm-hmm. angie what's going on they watch those subtle interactions like i think that's one of the reasons why i don't like texting somebody important information because you don't get the tone you don't get the body language so you can mm-hmm. tell somebody oh love is this love is that this but if they see if they can feel that disconnect that it does something to them. So let me ask you this. If you could do it all over again, what would you have done different? Would you have filed for divorce? Say that you still had gotten married. Would you have filed for divorce mm-hmm. earlier or would you let it have yeah. continued to yeah. play out the same way? Okay. okay. No, I would have done it earlier. Mm-hmm. About f- at least four years before I did. Mm. And, and for those that don't know, um, it progressed to the point where, and it was probably within a year of her telling me that, that I really, that, that was what woke me up and made me become hyper aware of what was, what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I really examined some stuff. And, and within about a year, I filed for divorce. Um, unfortunately, it did very negatively affect my daughter. Mm-hmm. But for my sanity, mm-hmm. it was what I had to do. Right. <sighs> That's tough. And and you don't know and you don't really know until it all plays out um, what type of permanent effects it'll have on her as far as who she'll pick as a spouse, how she views marriage from that. Another statistic Mm -hmm. that I saw, which is this one's kind of obvious, that people who have been in a household that's divorced have a negative view of marriage. They don't see it the same way. As somebody whose parents have never been divorced, they have it. They see it much more in a, a negative lens, and I guess it's because you might see the divorce proceedings. You might see one parent talking bad about the other parent. Um, I'm witnessing mm-hmm. this kind of situation happen right now, but because it's not my business, I can't divulge it. Uh, Trip T is sending what's going on, uh, but watching firsthand the devastation that divorce has on all parties involved even the person who files for it it's not something that you can really take lightly and in saying that i would be it would behoove people to really make to really decide one what they want in a marriage and for a partner and two don't i wouldn't suggest going into it with the thought in the back of your head 
I can just get out at any time if I want to. But that's a hard thought to undo mm-hmm. because from a societal standpoint, there is no stigma about getting divorced. You could say that you got married and divorced a gajillion times, and most people would just say, oh, well, there might be something wrong with them, but you're not stigmatized. And I wouldn't want anybody to be judged for it, but there's really no adverse, society speaking, adverse consequences to be married and divorced a million, gajillion times. Um, and I don't know if that's the way it should be. But I know that with people walking around with the thought that they can just get divorced at any time they so choose, I think it does affect who they pick as a spouse. Well, I, you know, I, I I disagree a little bit. Okay. And I and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because I have been legally married twice. All right. I have lived with someone at least twice, mm-hmm. other than the men to whom I was married. All right. And when your caller earlier said that he had been divorced four times and was married currently for a fifth time, yeah. now I was like, that's damn, a wild, that's a you know, the same age, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so even though would I, you know, in retrospect, if you look at, I mean, because in theory, the two guys that I lived with, I could have married them. I didn't. I mean, my number technically is lower than his, yeah. you know, yeah. but still, but still, when he said that, that was my reaction, you know, what, what was your damn. Yeah, damn, yeah, you see, I had to bring it back when he said <laughs> you know. Wondering woman, I think you, but again, not problem. judging him. It's not that you're judging them, but yeah, not, I'm still looking at you, dog. Rad, you're my boy, but shit, man. That's a whole lot. That's a whole yeah. lot of, uh, uh, I got a buddy of mine at work who's like that. Tia Simi said he has a, uh, his dad's friend like that. I honestly, I don't think I could do it. I think twice would be my max, man. I, I think that's it. I don't see how you could invest that many times into different people. I'm, I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about anybody else. Twice is the most that I could like. I just can't do that many times, man. That's tough to not even go through the blood for punishment. Well, he said it himself that he was. He said that he he had a yeah. masochistic streak and uh, he must because that's a. But I ain't gonna talk about my boy too bad. But um. Well, no, you know what? And my thing is, I really felt him when he said that he made poor choices because I feel like that was, you know, um, that that's where I was. You know, you I, just like he said that he was chasing after women that was crazy and was stabbing. Um, I was interested in guys that had a certain look, a certain swagger, a certain, you know, appeal. On that level, mm-hmm. and unfortunately for me, mm-hmm. that usually equated to bad behaviors mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So you you missed this part of the conversation. Um, I was talking about the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, right? Uh, I was studying mm. pharmacology last night, so I'll bring it back for the people that missed it. So in the sympathetic nervous system, a couple of things happen. You get dilated pupils. Your heart rate increases. And the most interesting one is it promotes ejaculation and vaginal contraction, right? So think about this about some of the guys that you previously encountered that cause you to have that increased heartbeat. 
to cause that tingling mm-hmm. down below. We have made it a way to where you think that could be sexual attraction when indeed that could just be your body telling you to get the fuck away from this person. Because I can say that mm. when I've had, you see what I'm saying? When I've had that feeling about a woman, mm. it usually was, it usually turned out to be the worst women for me. Because I've encountered very beautiful women that I don't quite have that same feeling with, but I've also encountered very beautiful, crazy ass women. And we, and then what ends up happening mm-hmm. is we have some good, crazy ass sex. And now, but my fight or flight is going at the same time, is you've put that crazy, that, that tingling in your body that's telling you to get away and you've added sex to it and you've convoluted mm-hmm. those two emotions when in reality, that was your body telling you this person is dangerous. You do not need to be around this person. What do you think about that thought? I definitely, well, so I have, I have two, so there's that okay. and then, you know, back to my my comment earlier about my parents, my dad was a jackass, okay, in a lot of ways. Now, one thing he didn't, he never cheated on my mom, Mm -hmm. okay, but but he was an ass, all right, and he was not very physically affectionate. He never never hugged on us or, you know, and he he never said, hey, I love you, that kind of stuff. It just, we didn't get that. We got that from my mom, Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I think that sometimes she tried to we got more than because she tried to compensate for him. Um, so when I got out and was was on my own and able to see all these men, there was definitely something in my subconscious that equated the fact that a man wanted to have sex with me mm. with love. Mm. Absolutely. And I couldn't understand, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about 17, 18, 19 years old here. I couldn't understand for the life of me if I had sex with somebody, why then he lost interest. Because and again these were not these were not conscious thoughts. It wasn't that I was, you know, going through that and and thinking it through at that time. But looking back on it, you know, I I, I clearly see that that was the pattern. Right. And oh, you know, like why you know, we, we did X, Y, Z. Why did he lose interest? I thought he cared about me. I thought he, you know, wanted a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that me and Queen B talked about earlier. Because for the first time, I've been on the opposite end, obviously, because I'm a man. That I finally thought about it mm-hmm. from the perspective of a woman. And I was like, well, what must that feel like to realize that, you know, you're liking somebody, things are going great. You have sex with them and you never get a call again. How devastating of a feeling would that be? And then for it to happen. That's again. pretty fucking sick. And then to happen again. And then to happen again. Mm-hmm. And then to happen again. It can't be a good feeling. You've got to walk away from it feeling some type of way. And that's when it clicked. Y'all have to excuse the colloquialism. I could see how the whole phase would start. What? Because then at that Your point. Your food in front of you. Is that my boy? I did. Do you know where it's at? What's that? Oh, he's, he's still talking. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, go ahead. That's cold now. What's wrong with that? 
My bad. That's all good. I could see how the whole phase could start because after getting rejected, because that's what it is on so many different times, on so many different levels, at some point you want to take ownership of it and be like, well, you know what? If this is what it is, well, let me just go ahead. Because it happens to guys too. It, it, in a different way. You know, you give your heart to a woman. It's not necessarily, it, but it's still sex based. You get hurt and then you're like, okay, so if it's, if it's all a game, I'm about to just game these hoes and I'm just, I'm just get out there. I'm going to do what I do. But the thing about it, it, and I'm pretty sure it's the same with women, it doesn't feel good. It's a fit. It's a vicious cycle, too. Because then you do it to some other woman. You dog her out, and then she starts. Mm-hmm. And it just everybody's doing it to everybody, and no one's actually happy about it. Because at the end of the day, it all the root of it is that you just really wanted somebody to uh, care about you. And the thing about it is that a lot of people, the thing about it is that a lot of people don't tell you about going through that whole phase for men or women. You lose a piece of yourself that you don't ever really get back. Um, most people wouldn't be vulnerable enough to admit that, especially not men. But you do when you have so many, so much uh, sex with different people. You um to do such a physical and intimate act with a large number of people, and to disconnect yourself from yourself. That's not an easy thing to do, and it takes some some mind manipulation to tell yourself that that's okay. Queen B, what do you think about that statement? If you haven't taken a nap. No, I haven't. Sorry. It's I had to good. unmute. It's all good. Um, when you say that, um, I definitely think that it takes a piece or pieces away from you. Um, but I was thinking along the lines of society now thinks that there's an issue with you or you have a problem if you're not with somebody. You're not in a relationship when you should be mm-hmm. at this age, or you're beautiful, or you're handsome. Why don't you have somebody? Mm-hmm. Well, because I would like to protect myself right. from all right. that terrible ass energy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but that's just how I feel about that. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, what do you think about oh, that? What do you think about that? If you're still there, T said boom in the comment section. I don't know if you like that. I don't know where O's at. If it's all about me, if it's all about you, you still at work. What do you think about the comment that I just made? Yeah. Say it again. No, say it again. I, um, I, was, I heard. I heard when Queen was, uh, was talking I was about, talking about how women can end up being, how they can end up being promiscuous after being rejected by so many guys. Um, like you have sex with somebody they don't call. You don't have sex with somebody they don't call. And then after a while, you want to yeah. take ownership of that, and you might just start sleeping with different people with no expectations. And the same thing kind of happens to guys. But what society doesn't tell you is that once you have that intimate act with so many different people and you've disconnected uh-huh. yourself from yourself, it's hard to get that piece of you back. And that's the part that people don't tell you. Um I don't know, you know, I think when you get when you get older, um you tend to well, I feel like you should tend to look at sex differently mm-hmm. than you would have looked at it when you were younger. You know, you 
not you aren't necessarily looking for sex for um looking looking at sex as I need this to complete me or I need this. Right. When you're younger and you're just doing it because, you know, you're young while free, you can have sex because you can have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get older, I think like you're saying about the intimacy, you know, what level are you on, how you think and things like that. So before you share something, you know, so sacred, mm-hmm. um, you know, you may have a one off here, you know, but no. I think once you get to those, when you get to those points of um, having sex with someone, mm-hmm. it kind of changes when you get older. I think um, you're right. Before you even open up that that window, that avenue of having sex, you already know where you're going. With it. Even if it's someone that you may not be, um, not necessarily like exclusively dating, but are you only having sex with this person? Mm-hmm. So it waiting for somebody to call back. It should be well beyond that point mm-hmm. for me at least if you if we've already taken a step to have sex i'm not looking i, I know you're not going to not call me the next day mm-hmm. because i just know that that's not the nature of our relationship but even in knowing that does that still hurt a little bit absolutely it's going to hurt because you expect it to be something different mm-hmm. and that's why i think with communication is very important mm-hmm. in a relationship so I'm not going to allow somebody who I don't think is going to call me the next day or not going to deal with me. I'm not allowing them into that space in my life and that intimacy in my life. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, that's something that we all have to learn as we get older. And I I think that's one of the reasons why the older you get, it can be harder. You would think that, you know, you have all, you learn all this stuff, but I think that it's it might be a little bit more difficult to get married the older that you get because you've developed all these barriers and you've developed all these different um, things that you have oh, to absolutely. have. What's that? I said absolutely. Absolutely. Because you have things that you've built up that you're not going to tolerate. You know, I'm not doing this. You're so quick to like, no, I'm not dealing with this. No, I won't do this. I'm not going to have it. So... Huh? You just be so much quicker to dismiss somebody if they do right. something that is minor. Right. I don't. I don't need this to be. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I can be bad by myself. Mm-hmm. I can be bad by myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I think it is unfortunate. I hear myself. I hear myself. Somebody playing it on. Somebody playing it on. All right. I don't hear myself anymore. So whoever it was muted it. Um. But yeah, it, can, it just can just get more difficult. I have bad news for you guys. My iPad only has 7% more energy. So I don't know how much longer the call is going to be. Um, and I don't have that much more to talk about. I'm running out of shit to say. Somebody said the the alternative for older people is the ones who are married and share their intimacy and then betrayed by their spouse. Sometimes then, Sometimes they then only have meaningless sex i think that's what she was trying to say because they don't want to expose themselves to the chances of getting hurt i think um wondering woman that's the root of why everybody has meaningless sex you don't really start out that way i mean when you're young obviously you have sex because you like people you're like oh what's that over there but then after that you start to fall in love with people and then you get hurt and then after that moment for both men and women, you still want to have sex because it's a normal biological function, but you don't want to get hurt. So then what do you do? 
you disconnect yourself from the action and just move forward with having sex with people and when they do something you don't like or something let me rephrase that not even when they do something you don't like something that could potentially trigger you like say you text them and they don't text you back for an hour you're like oh this bitch cheating boom move on That's to the true. next one oh she was late she, oh. she disrespected my time boom move on to the next one Any, it could be anything and all because you developed a ptsd type mentality especially if the person does something that mirrors in any way what the person that hurt you did you just go into a almost uh nonsensical way of thinking like for me i had zero tolerance for male friends it wasn't happening i didn't care what the context of it was i didn't even care about the person's sexuality if it was a dude y'all was friends kick rocks and that was because i had dated a girl who cheated on me with a guy who was quote unquote just a friend and she even ended up having a baby by this guy so for me it was a non-negotiable but it wasn't even being realistic because people Ephraim what's going on people have different friends of different sexualities not sexuality but different sexes all the time but that was my trigger and it, it, I wasn't getting past it and so that's why I think that the longer that you stay single before you get married it is much more difficult to get married because you're going to have these barriers and these expectations that might not be able to be met by the average person Ephraim I'm happy to have you but I'm down to six percent power and not even just on my iPad but in myself we've been on live for about an hour and 45 minutes and I like hearing my own voice but not that much uh I'm getting worn out the coffee's starting to get then the rockets lost last night fucking texans suck yeah it's 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 i wouldn't i wouldn't be i wouldn't be that happy of a uh, houston sports fan right now but um we got good news though we got um we got uh patty labelle versus gladys knight tonight on the versus talking about that earlier yeah i can't wait i'm excited I'm, i'm i'm clearing my schedule um I'm gonna need something because of the way. I mean, I'm a Nuggets fan. The way it's looking, like it's not looking too good for us either. So I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just uh, set set everything aside and say, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy enjoy me some good music, and you know, that's 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 and that's gonna be it. You know what I'm so, saying? So I think I'm gonna call this show at the end. I don't know what the next topic will be. Could just be more me rambling some more. I don't know. I thank everybody for calling in. Queen B, Wonder Woman. Oh, it's all about the T. Uh, 